More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome to the Buck Brief. Our friend Ryan Gerdusky is with us. And if you're watching on YouTube, he's uh, dressed like a lumberjack for us today. Mr. Gerdusky, good to see you. His Substack is the Thanks National Populist me. Newsletter. It's an excellent newsletter. Some of us maybe even uh, pilfer it for show prep on Sundays when it comes out or over the weekend. When does it come out? Uh, do you? Oh, Sunday, I, Sunday I, I, but I, but I, I say I got this from Ryan Substack, the National Populist Newsletter. So I cite. I don't just like pillage it without oh, any okay. say so. Yeah, no. And all you know, I even I'll cite. I'll even give Anne credit sometimes for for a random quote of hers. You know, but she never says anything yeah. about it. Well, I always source my material. I don't just write nonsense. Like I will sign who my sources are for every article I link to in the, in the newsletter. Um, this newsletter this week, uh, this the, about the vice presidential election. I didn't, I couldn't name my sources, but I had quite a few of them. All right, so let's let's dive into this because everyone's going to be really curious about this. Tell me who's going to be, and I'm realizing also on the YouTube, I really need a haircut. Like this is getting out of control. Uh, tell me, so so everyone in the comments, they can stop with the like, get a haircut. You hear? It's like, all right, I'm a human being. I got a lot of things going on. I got a little puppy that's biting my ankles all the time. I got to feed it. I forget to get my haircut. I maybe took a nap right before this podcast, so I'm waking up still. Um, Ryan. Uh, help me out here. Who's going to be the vice president for Donald Trump? So there's a lot of conversations going on in Mar-a-Lago and in Trump world about this. And this is the general opinion. Trump has said multiple times that he doesn't think a vice president does anything or adds value to a ticket. His opinion is, is that no one's voting for the vice president. They're voting for the president. So I should 
pick who I like, not who is strategically smart for me. Um, and there is some merit to that. Trump is not entirely wrong. People don't vote for the vice president, they vote for the president. So Trump and Trump has been reflecting a lot on Mike Pence and his relationship with Pence. He didn't dislike Pence and Pence definitely brought some credibility maybe evangelicals to the ticket. I don't think they would not have voted him without Pence, but he definitely brought some credibility. Trump doesn't need credibility from those people anymore. And he didn't, he was never best friends with Mike Pence. He didn't dislike him, but they did not vibe in any capacity. So, um, and he used to make fun of how he, Pence would call his wife, Karen Pence's mother, and he would make fun of that. He just didn't, he was never comfortable with him as a man. Wait, he really wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Pence called his own wife mother? Oh, Pence does. Pence calls Karen Pence mother. Yes. Why? why and Trump used to say, oh, mother's not going to like this. Yeah, about, yes, he calls why, Karen Why? Why not like wife? Why would he call her mother? I, I don't know. He calls her mother. It's very well known. He calls. Her <laughs> okay. I mean, look. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the guy it's, apparently has a very solid marriage. I'm not. I'm not trying to cast aspersions or anything. He seems like a nice guy. I, I just that just strikes me as a little odd. That's all. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. It strikes Trump as very odd too, and a lot of things that Mike Pence did struck Trump as a little odd. So <laughs> one thing, one thing Trump, even Trump haters have to. Trump is pretty funny. Actually, <laughs> he's pretty funny. Oh uh, yeah, Trump is very funny. So yeah, so he sat there and was like, you know, whatever. He's saying, well, mother's not going to like this. Trump would say about this when it was in the room. <laughs> anyway, so whatever the case is, he really wants somebody who he personally enjoys being around. He wants somebody who he considers a comrade and friend and someone who is very, very loyal. Trump probably correctly believes that even if he's the president again, Democrats are going to try to put him in jail for the rest of his earthly life, no matter what happens. So he wants somebody who, if they become the president, sorry, my camera, if they become the president after he's the president, um, they will pardon him almost for anything because Democrats, he believes, wants to uh, to to put him in jail. So um, that is also another criteria he has been thinking about. So on the list right now of people who have been seriously considered to mention Mar-a-Lago, it is Marco Rubio, it is Christy Nome, it is... Um, Elise Stefanik, it is Tim Scott, it is uh, Marsha Blackburn, Katie, um, um, not Katie, yeah, Katie Britt, and JD Vance. Those are the seven. The people I would put in the serious category are Elise Stefanik, Tim Scott, and JD Vance. If you have to tell me right now of those options, the one that, if you had to place your money on one just as in a betting sense, who would it be? Yeah, uh, JD Vance. J.D. Vance. I, I, that makes sense to me based on, you know, we just had J.D. on radio, uh, gosh, on a couple of days ago. I can't remember now. And, you know, he's very aligned with Trump on things. He's the younger generation. I think he knows how to deal with Trump. I mean, the Elise Stefanik thing, I just look at this and I say, Elise Stefanik is like a left-wing Republican if there is such a thing. She's pretty liberal. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Elise Stefanik has had the biggest transformation of anybody in the House. She went from voting against the wall and voting against basically everything Trump said and trying to get an amnesty voted through to being Trump's biggest defender and a complete, you know, uh, supporter. And she's gotten, she's gotten a lot of positive and well-deserved accolades for uh, the Ivy League University. So she has done things in the last few years that have been very positive for herself. And she's a very ambitious woman. Um, but Trump really likes J.D. Um, Vance. They, one, they agree on a lot of issues, big issues like foreign policy that he probably doesn't agree with Tim Scott on or um, 
possibly most of the people on the list. Um, he doesn't, uh, he really agrees with him on immigration and he really agrees with him on trade and his general worldview. And um, Trump has a thing that he likes to say all the time. He says that people come out of central casting. It's one of his favorite slogans to say, oh, they're out of central casting. He thinks of JD as out of central casting for what a vice president would look like um, and has commented on that a number of times. And oftentimes appearance, appearance matters a lot to Donald Trump. I feel like then don't I look like a vice president? Like, why isn't he, you know, JD and I are pretty similar. You know, why aren't I in contention? It's a little sad. Uh, I mean, you should be throwing your hat and making more trips to Mar-a-Lago. It's right Uh, near you. But but that matter, appearance matters a lot to him. And um, he thinks that JD's tall and he's good looking and as you know, it helps. He also it doesn't help necessarily with Trump, but it does maybe help on a national thing. He's got a he's got a biracial family. He's got biracial children. His wife is Indian. Um, so that, all those things could very much matter. And his life story, his backstory, is extremely compelling. And when he's been in the Senate, he has been a real you know big advocate against ending the Ukraine war and also providing relief on rail reform and doing bipartisan things on that. So I mean, there's there's a case to be made of him as the serious as the uh, top contender among the bunch. That's pretty amazing, really. Um, you know, you, would, you wouldn't have thought, especially because JD is also a reformed Trump supporter from the early days when he was a very vocal uh, critic of Trump back in 2016. Well, I get the sense that Trump that Trump loves Trump converts more than anybody else. And so, on the right, at least, if you go, if you love Trump, if you go full Trump when you initially resisted, I think he's a big fan of those people. Trump does not appreciate cheap dates. So if you are just, you know, I'm going to say something really crass, but I'm going to hold it back. If you are just trying to, you know, worship him every single second of every single day, he likes that. He likes that adulation, but he doesn't respect it. People in the media who praise him nonstop, he shits on them the minute the doors are shut. Like that is, he does not enjoy and doesn't respect people who he feels that he doesn't have to work for their love. Um, Someone I know who was very high up in the last administration and got a lot of what they wanted in the last administration told me one time, you need to treat Trump like a very good looking girl in high school and just ignore her ignore them and ignore him and he will want your attention so badly it will drive him crazy um and that is that has been that worked for um, my friend who was in the administration um but it's worked for a lot of people he really respects people that he has won over much more than people who have been eating out of his hands from day one let's uh talk about the bill that the Senate tried to pass earlier this week. We'll get into that in a second here. Do you feel Wait, can I just add one thing to that before? No, we go it's into my this show, thing? you you silly man. Right, you right. no, it's okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. No, go ahead. It's a podcast. No, I don't want to Yeah, yeah. No, I was just thinking because we were talking before before the show about influencers, right? And this is why I think our influencer culture has become so immensely toxic is because people will not tell the truth because they're afraid of losing access to people in power. Um, They believe people in power will hold them future jobs. And because there is a business model right now, where if you can get 5,000 to 10,000 people to believe that you are the curator of the truth and honesty, um, you have to serve them like the purest heroine all the time without any facts related to it. Otherwise, somebody will. And I think that's why our influencer culture has become so incredibly toxic right now. Well, yeah, no, there's a 
There's a uh, a purity contest for all things MAGA for sure, um, and and there's also the weird uh, correlation on the right for people now where if you don't believe every conspiracy theory, like I, I, I'm the first one to say, I think there's an Epstein conspiracy that goes way beyond what we've been told. Like, like I do, I'm not somebody <clears throat> who says there are no conspiracies or, you know, Oh, it's all, it's all, you know, hocus pocus or hogwash or whatever. But we've reached a point, I think in the right now where every conspiracy, you know, the Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing, there's some conspiracy to give Joe Biden the election. I'm like, when, when did people become so crazy? And if you don't believe this, you're like a uniparty stooge who might as well be at the World Economic Forum, uh, you know, traveling right. around with the Davos set, et cetera. It's just crazy to me. Right. Well, I mean, you need to serve your your audience. And also there is a big thing. People think that influ- influencers like to think that they're leading a crowd when, in fact, they're following it. They have to follow their own crowd because if they turn against them, they lose everything. So you can never not change course. You have to go full steam ahead hard as it can possibly be to try and keep that audience and retain that audience. Because if you can get 10,000 people to give you $3 a month, $4,000 a month, you got a serious business going on, but you can't ever lose that. So you've got to sit there. And if, you know, if, you know, if it, me- if it means saying that Travis Kelsey is working with the CIA and everyone's in this game so they could promote Taylor Swift, like you got to say nutbag things constantly in order to, you know, keep that gravy train going. You can't let it go. Because that's all you got. All right. Now, next, you're going to tell me about the Senate, why (laughs) why they're doing this, why Ukraine funding matters so much to them. Also, I asked it on radio, just so you know. So can someone at some point just tell me, why are we sending Israel $17 billion? Uh, We'll get get to that. You don't have to answer it, but I just, and no one can say that I'm not very pro-Israel and that I'm, you know, a a good friend to the, the Jewish state. I mean, I'm like, take these Hamas pieces of garbage and you know and and take them off the battlefield and but anyway i i do think you know oh all of a sudden we're not allowed to talk about where money's going Hmm, hold on do you feel prepared speaking about money with everything going on in the country you find yourself thinking about how to protect yourself and your family financially or otherwise one form of financial protection is diversification gold has often been used to protect assets against inflation it's a global reserve asset and countries are buying massive amounts of gold as a hedge against financial collapse. Time to protect yourself and invest in gold. Stop just assuming things are going to get better. Look at inflation. Look at what's going on. Have some gold on hand. I'm not saying go crazy and you know pile everything into gold. Diversify with it. I have some gold. You should have some gold, some, uh, some precious metals. And you can actually have it in your 401k as well. It's simple and easy with the Oxford Gold Group. Go to OxfordGoldGroup.com slash free Order the investment guide or make a purchase of precious metals and earn up to $2,500 in free gold. That's OxfordGoldGroup.com slash free. OxfordGoldGroup.com slash free. Go check it out today. All right, so why were they burning the midnight oil Republicans in the Senate? I think it was about a dozen of them uh, who were all trying to make sure... Right, it was like 11, 12, something like that, wasn't it? It was more than twelve, but I forget the exact. I have to look it up. But what it's more than twelve. Twenty twenty six voted against it. Okay, so why why are they so hell bent on getting this uh, supplement? Let's let's start with Ukraine and how there's this enormous disconnect because the Republican base. You bring up funding Ukraine, the open ended war in Ukraine, and and people start booing, and yet. Republican senators, a whole bunch of them think that this is like World War II when we're fighting the Nazis by funding Ukraine. Although there's a whole. Well, they believe we're 
Yeah, well, they believe we're fighting the Soviet Union by fighting Russia. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people on the on the on the national security right from Nikki Haley onwards and Mitch McConnell, who believe that if we fight Russia, we fight China, which is completely incoherent and totally not true. Um, But there is a my one of one of my many problems and J.D. Vance, not to talk about him again, but he did reference this yesterday in the speech. Ukraine has a has a birth deficit in order to be in order for a country to be at replacement levels, an average one, a woman needs to give an average of two point one children on average in mass um, per children per lifetime give birth to them. Ukraine has not had that level since the end of the Soviet Union. We've, they've had almost 25 straight years of birth decline and population decline. Um, there is every man between the ages of like 18 and 40 has either fled the country or is fighting and dying to do it. Um, they are going to go through a catastrophic and almost unmodernly unseen demographic winter in the next 10 to 20 years because an entire generation of Ukrainians have died or fled from this war that Zelensky has tried to get ceasefires for repeatedly but continues to fight it in enriching him and his cronies from American money. I mean, they are talking about protecting Ukrainian borders at the expense of having Ukrainian people. There will not be a future Ukrainian people. It will be an empty wasteland because of the war that Mitch McConnell and Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer are promoting endlessly. It is it is literally the death of a people we are witnessing. And they're probably going to lose, you know, their population will decline upwards of 10 million people within, a, which is about 20% of the population in a period of, uh, in a period of a few decades. It's going to be rapid and it's going to be very, very intense. And it's going to be a complete economic and social collapse in one country because of this war. We, we sat with Stalin at Yalta, right? And, and, divvied up uh you know divvied up the world at the at the end of the second world war why not sit down and have a conversation with putin about how to end this thing it it feels like i know tucker in his interview uh had putin tell him directly and everyone oh my gosh they were all how could he talk to putin and you know all that but putin says that there was a plan on the table we should know was there a plan on the table because if there isn't yeah. then putin's just a huge liar and why are we even talking about it but if there is that seems like a pretty big deal there was a plan on the table. Macron was really working very, very hard to get a ceasefire done over a year ago. And Zelensky was all for it before the American machine of money kept on going. They are in a rush to get this bill done because if they do not get it done, Ukraine is going to go to the table right now with a ceasefire. They that is the only thing keeping this war going is endless not even American money. It's money we're borrowing from China to give to Ukraine. But that American paycheck is the only thing that is keeping this war moving at this point. And, and so what, otherwise it will end. Russia will annex the three provinces of yeah. Eastern of, of Eastern Ukraine that they want and it will be over. But if it does not end, I'm there. It will. I mean, it will literally be like the loss of like 75 million Americans, all between the ages of like 18 and 40, uh, mostly men. That is how catastrophic their population decline is going to What What does Ukraine gain by continuing to fight if there's the possibility of a, uh, of, you know, look, do I think that it's cr- crappy for Ukraine? And that's an understatement that they'll lose territory and they'll, yes. But war is hell and the world is a tough place and sometimes you lose and you have to figure out a way to move forward, right? You know, look at Japan. Japan could have 
said, oh, my God, you nuked us. And, you know, now, look, they started an aggressive war against us. But the point being, they decided to move forward. They're now one of our closest allies, actually, in the world. And, uh, you know, things change. Right. So what do they get from continuing to fight if they can't win, I guess, is the fun. And they can't win and they can't gain any ground. So it's just attrition. Right. They haven't moved. I think I haven't think I've moved a foot in like six months or seven months. Um, it's been a complete stalemate at the border. Uh, I mean, do you, I mean, if you read the reports, there are hundreds of millions of dollars missing in these, in these contracts we're sending over there. Um, and they don't know where, who is getting all of this money. I mean, it's a life changing amount of money that I imagine Ukrainian oligarchs in close proximity to Zelensky are getting. Zelensky is getting the adulation of the entire world and the praise of the entire world. I'll tell you a story. I was in Washington, D.C. when the war started and Zelensky addressed the joint session of Congress. And I was at a Republican meeting, a Republican congressman. And one congressman got up and goes, we need to get a bust of Zelensky in the Capitol Rotunda near Winston Churchill, because that's who he most resembled. Um, uh, a lot of congressmen are very much in a Cold War mindset still, and they don't realize the detrimental changes to the world over the last 30 years since the end of the Cold War um, and how that will be a much larger impact than anything happening on the border of Ukraine and Russia right now. I also I keep hearing people will say out loud, I think Nikki Haley has said this, there are others who, who say, if we don't stop them in Ukraine, Poland is next. And I'm like, that is insane. That that is yeah. that is crazy talk, right? This is, uh, it, it would it would be like, uh, you know, I don't know. It would be like saying if we don't, you know, get, if, if we don't stop the Houthis from fighting the government in Yemen, like next stop is the United Kingdom. Like, no, I don't think they're going to be able to take them over. Like, that's not going to happen. There's just military. But that has always been what they've been saying. I mean, I'm old enough now to remember the first early days of the of the war against terrorism. And if, if we don't fight them over there, they'll fight them over here. But Poland doesn't even believe that. No one, no Western leader believes that Poland is next. Certainly Poland doesn't. I mean, a lot of countries like Finland are joining NATO now as a protection. But if they really believed that, you know, the West, Western Europe was next from Russia's advancement, why aren't any of them spending money on military expenditures? Yeah. Well, they, and they certainly assume- you don't want to, yeah, certainly you won't, don't want to, completely annihilate your art your your the, the weapons you have are we have very few weapons left because of this war like we are depleting our weapon supply over a proxy war with russia in ukraine but also the syrian war was a proxy war with russia we've had multiple proxy war with russia's where we're willing to exp- like expense other people's soldiers and other people's men um to fight russia uh, this is, I think, one of the first times that Russia is actually losing their own men in this war. But Russia is just taking men from the Caucasus, Muslims from uh, uh, from the area near Georgia, and they're having them fight. I mean, it's not like it's all, you know, all Russia. And Russia is a very large nation. They're able to sit there and spend a lot more men than Ukraine is. It's almost got five times the population. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time 
with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my from this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. It, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. So uh, we're, we're, we're going to give, what is it, $16 billion, $17 billion to Israel? Why? Yeah. Why? They're our greatest ally. Um <laughs> That's it, huh? We're just, we're just, that, that, we're just sticking with that? Basically, we're down to just talking points. You know, I think part of... There's good money spent on Israel, like on the Iron Dome is very effective money. I think that Republicans have not had an honest conversation about Israel and their military weapons. We give them in a very long time. Listen, Israel is also the country that we were like we caught them spying on the Trump White House on the White House lawn during Trump's presidency. Um, they are also the the country that sold weapons, uh, weapon and plans to China from the United States, and China was able to use it to build new weapons. Um, Israel's a very good ally, but they are not the 51st state of the United States. Not even close. Nope. Not even close. And I, and it's a very dangerous thing to sit there and say that you cannot say that because 
There are a lot of interests in Washington, and there are also a lot of very powerful evangelicals that believe that Israel, um, you know, is 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 the Holy Land and that the Messiah will come from there again. And between the two, it is a very powerful element within the Republican Party. I mean, I, I just I got to say, like the the no, you know, you get all these people that will say on the right who will say, why are we giving all this money? To, and look, it's a lot more money in Ukraine. I get that. But Israel's a small country, 17 billion dollars. Just just and they're a very wealthy country. And it's a very wealthy country, right? They're, they're not having some economic crisis where they can't pay their bills. I mean, Ukraine has no money, right? Ukraine is is up against it. Bro, We're just yeah. giving Israel money to give, you know, it's like a kid who has a trust fund who's got somebody showing up and give him an extra $20 bill. Like, he doesn't need it. Or, or you know, I mean, probably wants <laughs> it. But it, it just strikes yeah. me as as uh, you got to be consistent, right? If you're worried about the debt, you should be worried about foreign aid spending across the board. And when you're getting into tens of billions or, you know, billions of dollars, period, I think we're I think we're allowed to ask those questions. And also, I love how they throw Taiwan in there, too. It's like at the end, just to make it seem like, oh, yeah, Taiwan. Sure. Anyway, yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 going to be a very big question when Taiwan's population, younger population is increasingly pro CCP um, and the West's population. Look, England, the United States and most of Europe is having a massive problem where white men are no longer joining the armed services and specifically white men in all those countries. Um, uh, and what do you do when the people that you expect to fight wars because they have fought wars in the past are no longer willing to fight them? That is a serious question that the military minds, because in their heads, everyone is still like they were in 1950. They are not willing to accept that a large portion of the United States will not fight in wars anymore. Um, and that, you know, there's probably a, maybe 15 percent of France and 10 percent of England that are uh, you know, of, of non-European background, and they are not going to be signing up for any military expenditures into the the, the lands of their parents. And they, they have no allegiance whatsoever to Israel. If Joe Biden, I'm sorry to cut you off, I know I've been rambling, but if Joe Biden loses this election because Muslims specifically have sat out of places like Michigan and Georgia, um, we are never going to have a pro-Israel Democratic presidential candidate probably for the rest of our lives, ever. Well, I, I think it's interesting that people, like I, I can sit here and say um, that for many years I've been a staunch defender of Israel's right to defend itself and, and always have been and, and totally side with Israel against Hamas. And my record on this is not only clear, so right, it's yeah. consistent and for a long time, but I'm not sure we should be paying for it. I mean, you know, that like... <laughs> You know, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm, I'm rooting for them. I'm on the team. I want, the, I want, you know, good diplomatic relations and all that. But I don't know that the U.S. taxpayer should be funding that. I, I, I anyway. But it's interesting. People right. are very, people get very brave about talking about, uh, you know, oh, we need to cut aid to Ukraine. I'm like, well, what about that Israel aid? All of a sudden, people on the right, oh, I can't talk about that. Why? Doesn't make you anti-Israeli. Well, you have them on your show, so you maybe can get better answers. I, I'm being extremely honest with you because I don't care. Whatever, no one's paying my bills besides me. I, you know, but that is an honest conversation that they will never have about Israel, and it is everyone's like walking on eggshells. Well, it's also it I mean, we give we give Israel three billion dollars a year. I mean, that's just kind of on autopilot right. every year. Three billion a year. Three billion a year. Three. Why? Why are we doing that? Yeah. Well, you know? I mean, we give it in like. There are certain, like I said, there are certain money that is very good, like their, uh, their uh, what's the, the Iron Dome? Uh, Iron Dome. Iron Dome is very effective because they can't sell weapons to China. But 
you know, and it saves a lot of people's lives. And, you know, that's okay. There's at least good money going there, but there is a big question over, you know, if we are, if the CB, the, the, the CBO says that it's got commercial budget office estimates that it's going to be $2.6 trillion deficit by 2034 is a very, very, very big question is how do you keep this gravy train going, especially if you're quote unquote I mean, serious about that. Israel, Israel has like a $550 billion a year economy. Like they can pay for their own defense. This, this is what the part of it that, you know, if, if Israel had a $10 billion a year economy and we, you know, okay, I guess there are allies. We've got to help them out. Anyway, it just strikes me as, yeah, anyway, we, we all know you're yeah. right. This is, you can be as, as pro-Israeli as, as one can be in terms of support, in terms of everything else. But, you know, I'm very pro, you know, United. Look, we talk about NATO and how NATO needs to spend. You know, I think a lot of those European countries are great. Big fans of those countries. Lovely people. I don't think we should be paying uh, paying for all their defense either. I, I just think this is a more general foreign aid discussion. But if it's a foreign aid discussion, it has to be across the board. All right, I gotta talk about something else for a second here um, because I bought a home last year, and when I did, guess who I went to? American Financing. That's who I relied on for getting a mortgage, and they're the best in the business. They've been helping people save money for twenty five years. In fact, last year, American Financing uh, saved an average of eight hundred fifty four dollars a month for folks who. Got, uh, use them because they're able to tap into their equity to pay off high interest debt. With mortgage rates dropping into the fives, now's a great time to call American Financing. All it takes is a 10-minute call to 866-890-9392. They never charge any upfront fees, and they've helped thousands of customers, including me. I got my mortgage from American Financing. Call them today. It's who I trust. It's who you should trust. 866-890-9392. 866-890-9392 or go to AmericanFinancing.net, NMLS 182334, NMLS APR for rates in the five start at 6.406% for well-qualified borrowers. Call 866-890-9392 for details about uh, credit costs and terms. All right, Ryan, for, for the people in the back, one more time, I'm going to hand this over to you. It's our last thing we'll talk about today. We'll have you back again soon. This is always fun. Our um, favorite topic. Can they just stop with the Joe Biden is going to be replaced with Michelle Obama? I just want to let you go off on that for a second while I fix my lighting. in here. Yeah, no, it's OK. Uh, yes, Michelle Obama will not be on the presidential ticket in 2024. Very likely will never be on the presidential ticket, although maybe she could change her mind. But she will not be on the presidential ticket in 2024. Anyone telling you that is like a drug dealer trying to sell you fentanyl to get high off. It is not true. It is a complete lie. They are lying to you either out of they are openly lying because they are liars or they just don't know any better. And they just heard enough conspiracies and they think that's what people want them to hear. Um, Unless he passes away or is seriously, seriously injured to the point that he cannot walk or something. Joe Biden will be the Democratic nominee in 2024 with Kamala Harris as the vice presidential nominee. And I know you may sit there and say, but Ryan, but Buck, um, he's an incompetent buffoon who looks like he has dementia and is talking and mumbling about cookies on TikTok videos. That is 100 percent true. He is a rapidly incoherent, mentally depraved person whose brain ability to cognitively function is declining substantially and will continue to if he has a second term. Um, That doesn't matter to them because the people who sit there and prop him up and support him think that our party or Republican Party is supporting a um, 
rapist uh, who wants to end democracy and have his roaming gang of white supremacists terrorize women to force into pregnancy, rip, you know, uh, every person who's not white out of the country and start World War Three. They there is a population and a significant population that genuinely believe that they genuinely believe there's a significant portion of the population that genuinely believes that Mississippi is worse for gay people than the Gaza Strip. Like there is a group of people that do 100 percent believe this. And they also think Joe Biden's wonderful. They think that he's great. They think he's done a very, very, very good job as president. And now it is just a question of who do people in the middle who do soft Democrats and soft Republicans and independents in the middle, who are they going to go support? Because there is no changing the mindset of the people that are currently voting the Democratic primary. Biden won 96% in South Carolina. He'll probably win over 90% in Michigan. They do not care what the DOJ says. They do not care about um, whatever the guy's name is, Baba Booski or whatever his name is, the the, the business partner Bob, of Bob Hunter Linsky. Biden. <laughs> Bob Linsky, whatever his name is. They don't care. They think that he's great, just like at Trump's worst moment, you probably or someone you know probably thought, screw it, Trump's my guy. That's where they're at. He'll be the nominee. It's crazy Uncle Joe all the way to 2024. Um, I'm with you on this, as you know, and it's you and me. And on the right in media, it's like nobody else right now. Everybody else is doing this whole, oh, it's going to be. Uh, you know, I've had I've had Tucker say it. Uh, I think he even said it on my show. Tucker you know. said it too. Oh yeah, Bill O'Reilly has said it many times. Bill O'Reilly came on and told me I was wrong on this issue. That was like last July. And I was like, Bill, you're going to be buying me a steak, buddy. Uh, Clay you obviously. Steak oh yeah, yeah. Clay obviously okay. is is uh deep in the. It's going to be a third person replacement, and and I don't I don't know what to you know. I just keep trying to tell everybody. I'm like, I'm just going to remember all this. Because it's a crazy idea, and they think I'm the crazy one, and you're the crazy one for this. But anyway, Ryan Gordusky, subscribe to his National Populist newsletter. It is quite good, and if you use it on your huge radio show, be sure to give him credit for it, because that's how to, that's how we we uh, we roll. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ryan. Thank good you. to see you. Thanks for hanging. Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. Because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.